This morning, I want to talk to you about something that's on my heart, has been on my heart for a while. How many here are 65 years of age and over? Older. Oh, there's quite a few on each side. None on the balcony. That's the reason you can climb up there, right? Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. We got one up there. Way up there. There he is. You know, this being Memorial Day and looking at the scripture we're going to look at, Psalm 71, verses 14 through 19. Got your Bibles turned there. Psalm 71, 14 through 19. The whole psalm talks about God's help in old age. <laughs> See, I want to talk to my generation. I want to talk to my generation because I think our generation, my generation, and you that raised your hands, we have failed God in some ways. We've got content to live in the good old days. And think about the good old times. And talk about the good old this and the good old that. What happened to God being good today? You know, I want to talk to you about reclaiming some memories of what God's done in your life. You know, I've, I look back over my life, and I know what He's done. And I don't live back in, when I was 15 years old and accepted Him, because I'm 71 now. I should be a little more stronger and living and doing what He wants me to think about today, right? Amen? And every time we start thinking about the good old days, what does that do? That gives the devil a way to come right in and slap us down on our face saying, see, it's not the same as it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So I don't need anything else. I've got it all. I got news for you. You haven't got enough. You haven't got enough yet. And so in your Bible, it says this, but as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Oh, let me tell you. I usually don't get to be in worship. I'm always on the outside counting or doing something like this. Today to sit there and worship. Thank you, Veronica. Tell you. But part of praise is listening to God's music. Hey, that thank you up there. I'll have the check in the mail tomorrow. But then it says, my mouth will tell of and proclaim your mighty acts. O sovereign Lord, I proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me. Okay, generation people that raised your hands. Has God taught you anything fresh and new in the last 24 hours? Last weekend? Last week? What about this morning when you got up? He's always trying to teach us. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Oh, if you only knew how many people are watching you all the time. What do they see? Even when I am old and gray. Well, I know I turned 71, but I feel like I'm 50. That's good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> Particularly working with you people, it's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation. 
What are we doing to prepare our next generation, our children who just left, our youth that are around, the young adults, the young marrieds, young parents? What are we doing to help them to understand who God is and what he wants to do in their life? What are we doing? It says here that I declare your power to the next generation. Have the people that you've met this morning seen Jesus in you? Or heard you talk about him? Or was it the donuts? Was it this? Was it that? Was it the rain? Oh, no, I can't go to my picnic now. Or, oh, I can't go see the car show. Or I can't go to the AG strawberry festival. Just go buy some strawberries and forget it. (laughs) You won't get wet that way. Just forget it. Your might to all who are to come. Your righteousness reaches where? To the skies. Oh, God, you have done great things. Who, oh, God, is like you. Father, this morning I pray you would open our ears. You would help us. Because, Father, this church has a great responsibility of preparing the next generation. And so, Father, I pray that we would hear, we would look for your revelation, we'd wait for it. We would want you to speak into our lives. Not everybody will do everything, but somebody can do something. So, Father, I pray, speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The big idea that I really want to share with you is nothing new. It's as old as I am, if not older. Probably older. I want to explore with you just for a little time about the importance of pressing in for new encounters with Jesus Christ. New encounters. I mean husbands and wives, grandmas and grandpas, young marrieds, single parents with their children that know Jesus Christ. A new encounter. Now, I know our pastor's away on a little get-together with his wife, you know, after having four kids. I'd want to get out for a while too myself. (laughs) But you know what? His whole purpose was to be refreshed, him and his wife, in Jesus' name. Just refreshment. See, I don't know what it's like. Well, a little bit I do. I help my wife during the week take care of our two grandsons, and there's only two of them, and boy, I tell you, they run us ragged. They run us ragged, particularly the littlest one. I think he started out on full speed, and he he lost all the other gears. It's just go, go, go. But let me tell you this. One thing that I realize that God wants us to have a new encounter with his love, with his word, with his spirit, with his heart, all because the next generation is looking at us. They're staring a hole at us. Show us who Jesus is. Now, we talked about this young lady, Brittany, I think her name was. Uh, Jane, oh, was that her name at the, okay that she accepted the Lord Tuesday night at our refuge thing. That was fantastic. That was wonderful. And I went up to her, and I said, I am so proud of you. And you know what she said? It's who I see that's in the kitchen. It's who I see serving the meal. It's who I see cleaning up. It's who I see that greets me at the door. You guys like one another. I've never had anybody really like me. And that's sad, isn't it? But see, we know who Jesus is. But how come we keep him on the inside and don't show him on our face? 
or through her mouth or reaching out and touching someone and helping them. See, our next generation needs to experience what it means to get in God's Word. I told somebody this week that says, oh, Ken, if I could just read the Bible like you, I said, you can. Why can't you? You open it and you start reading. It's as simple as that. Oh, but I don't understand it. I didn't start out understanding it either. But you know what? The more you read, the more you pray, you start getting bonk, bonk, little insights. And God opens your eyes. When's the last time has God opened your eyes? Somebody says it's been a long time. You know why it's been a long time? Because we're living in the good old days. We expect the preachers to help us read the word. And we don't take time during a week to read the word and study it and, and, and listen to it and what it's saying to us. You know, it, it's difficult. I you know, I know that. I've been there, done it. Even as a pastor, it's been sometimes I've gone three days and haven't even opened the Bible yet because I've got such a schedule I can't keep up. And it just hit me like a bombshell a few weeks ago. What's more important, Ken? Me and you or you and them? Now, I know we don't understand that in this day and age. You're the pastor. You better be there when I come by and call. And if you're not, I'm not going to like you anymore. Well, you know what? Can I say this lovingly? I really don't give a rip. I really don't give a rip what you think about me. As long as God is number one in my life, guess what? You're going to see him whether you like him or not. And the same thing happens to you. I stopped in and saw Jim's dad the other day, Bill McGinty. And, you know, he, he fell Hurt himself a little, you know, didn't break anything, but he bruised himself up a little bit. And so I'm there in the, in the room with him. He says, preacher, I want to go home. I said, uh, oh, I'm not a doctor, but I got a feeling they're not going to let you go home right now, today anyway. And we got talking a little more. And next thing you know, he says, you know what? When you pray, would you pray not just for my healing, but for my two roommates? They're worse off than I am. He said, I tried to tell the one right next to me just last night how much God cared for him. Now, here's a guy who fell. He, can't, he, he can hardly manipulate, and everything else, but laying in a bed with a curtain between him, pulls a curtain back and tells the guy over here, hey, guess what? God loves you. Now, that's the kind of old-time religion I can handle. Not just something you go to church and sing the old hymns all the time. Nothing wrong with the hymns. Don't get me wrong. I grew up on them. No matter what generation we identify ourselves with, listen to this. My wife gave me this. There is always a plan and purpose in God's kingdom. Remembering where he brought us up from, how he helps us to have hope and assurance of his continual help and strength. End of quote. That's what we need. To know that he continually is with us. He'll keep working on us no matter what. It's what we do with the material. Do we process it properly? Experiences of life give us opportunities for God to use us. Amen? You never know, do you? You never know what God's going to do. There's Paul back here. Bless his heart. I'll tell you, this, this guy right here is the best kitchen wash guy in the world. 
He can scrub those pots and scrub the, those stoves have never been so clean since he started helping us with the refuge thing. Every Tuesday, he cleans them. Every Tuesday. And he always has a great little thing to throw out at us. Happy day. Happy day. Happy day. And at first I thought, man, he's, what in the world is he talking about? And then you start watching him. What he says in the kitchen with us helping him. What he says to the servers serving. What he says to the people who are eating at the tables on Tuesday. Happy day. Then it dawned on me. Paul enjoys Jesus. He does, he's not ashamed to tell everybody, have a happy day. But sometimes we don't do that, do we? Back in high school, that goes back at least a day or two. I ran cross country. And I'll tell you the truth. I loved the sport. I loved the challenge. I loved the run. I loved the jump. I, whatever, I did it. But I got so tired. You know, you can only run so many laps on a track, night after night after night. You can only go to so many practices day after day after day and run and run and run all the time. At some time, I would come home and I'd be so weary. I'd, I'd, I'd look in a mirror and think I was becoming a cinder rock field. Because that's all I did. Rocks threw up in my face. Rocks threw up in my back and my feet. But I loved it. I loved the sport. But something really got a hold of me when I thought about that again this last week. Something happens when you enjoy something and you'll work at it because you want to make a success at it and do well at it. Well, this works in a spiritual life too, folks. All of a sudden... After all that thinking about all the, the, the cinder rocks and the cuts of falling on my face and losing matches and running hours after hours after hours and coming home and having to work after work after work to take care of the house and everything else for my mom, guess what? Suddenly, it came to me. I remember when my breathing got easier. I was out of breath most of the time, but when it got easier, all of a sudden, it wasn't as hard as it used to be. All of a sudden, things started to loosen up. All of a sudden, motion just set in. My muscles felt like somebody had got a 10-gallon can of WD-40 and oiled me well on the inside. I just felt so good. I started flowing again smoothly as I was running. And I could see the end of the finish line. I said, man, I'm going to do this again. I can do this one more time. I just know I can. Well, see, my generation... We have been running for Christ a long time. We've been learning from Him a long time. What we need to do now is take that and all of a sudden, don't just hoard everything to ourselves and say, oh, well, I went to church, I paid my tithe, I patted somebody on the head, I worked in the nursery, everything's all right. No, it's not. Not that I'm against any of that, particularly the tithing. <laughs> but you know what? We get so tired, but when we spend time with Jesus, it's like getting your second wind on a cross-country field. The breath comes in, and you just feel invigorated, ready to go. Just like catching my second wind on the field, in order for us to be all that God wants us to be, we need to catch our second wind. We need not to be afraid of sharing what he has already shared with us. 
Now, what about us sitting here this morning? I don't know all of you that well, and that's all right. But you know what? I've got about 32 men every morning I pray for. Every morning, I call those names out to Christ. Lord, I don't know where they are, what they're going to be doing today, but I pray you would just go to them right now, and if they're awake, I pray you would just unscrew their head, drop your love in there, and screw it back on good and tight so it can't creep out. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. But see, we need that. We need to pray for each other that way. If you've ever been an athlete of any sport, and I had other sports, but cross country and running was mine, you know what it means when you get your second win, don't you? It's like, I can do this again. Do you know there's people in this church that need you to have your second win spiritually so you can help them? So you can speak to them, so you can love them and care for them, watch out for them, encourage them. You know, it, it's interesting because I stand in the back a lot. And it's great when, okay, let's stand up, let's, 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 let's greet one another and all this stuff. And you see maybe a dozen people just going out. But you know what, generation that's there, you've done this a lot longer than some of these other people have. Why don't you lead the way? Why don't you lead the way to encourage somebody? Don't just go running off and say, well, well, I'm sorry, I've got to go over here real quick. I've got to get my bass guitar all tuned up. If somebody really needed Jesus, what's more important, the bass guitar, the worship time that you play in, or that person who says, I need help now? Yeah, we need Jesus. We need him to help us. So many of us just coast through life once we get to be a certain age. Well, I've got it all understood. It's all licked now. I've got all the wisdom I need to know. I got news for you. You're dumber than dirt. (laughs) Amen. I like that. (laughs) See, we coast through the good old days thinking that'll get us through when God says, I've got something brand new I want to share with you. I've got something I want to just pour into your life and your heart. I want you to be used by me. And rather it be working in the church on Sunday morning, the children's ministry, the nursery, whatever it might be, or just greeting people outside or doing the hospitality or greeting people in the parking lot. You know, there's one big rain we had here just uh, back when it all started, all this rain stuff. I have this great big General Assembly umbrella. You can put three elephants under it and a, and a cat. It's huge. And I would go out there, and I'd go to somebody's car, and I'd look at me and say, what are you doing out here? You're the pastor. No, I'm not. Right now, I'm your servant. And I don't want you to get wet. You've got that little one in your hands. Let me walk you to the nursery so you don't get wet. She says, you're kidding me. Well, if you don't want me, I'll go somewhere else. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I, I, I've just never had anybody do that before. I think it's kind of neat. See, God's people, we're looking to this generation I'm thinking of the generation that's coming up, and and they're coming faster and faster and faster. And we don't seem to have enough of the old generation speaking into their lives to keep them solid. Sometimes your word of encouragement could be exactly what they need. Your smiling face can be exactly what they mean, need at the time. And we've all grown up with, you know, life things happen, right? Right? You got tragedies, you got triumphs, you got bumps on all kinds, bruises, headaches. Who hasn't had any of those? Hey, we're all on the same boat this time. We all had some of those once in a while, haven't we? Struggling. But you know what? 
God is there to help us. You know, it's so easy for us to lose sight of what our mandate and missions are, or mission is for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. We should have all said that. We've lost sight of what it is. See, the older generation needs to be obsessed with what Jesus has done so that they can reach these people out here. You know, let's go follow Jesus together. Have you ever thought about that way to witness somebody? Hey, let's go do it together. You're likely to get more yeses than you will. Well, I, you know, I, don't, I don't like church. I can't get up in the morning. I didn't say church. Let's follow Jesus together. Let's work together on this. I have two very special verses. When I get to that point to where, boom, I just don't feel like I can go another ounce. I can't climb another ladder. I go to Hebrews 12.1. Listen to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, generation people, did you know there's a lot of people looking at you this morning? <laughs> let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. Wow. That was my verse. Why? Because I was a cross-country runner. I was a track runner. Run with perseverance. My coach would say, Childress, run. And I'd say, I can't go any faster, coach. I'm sorry. I'm trying, but I can't go any faster. Run! Guess what? God has marked out a race for you and I. And he's telling us, run. 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 Run with it. Let me use you. And what he'll use you for, he won't use me for. But he'll use both of us together to make a difference in his kingdom. How many children have I, you know, parents have shared with me that, that kids just went backwards and haywire and everything else, but they still loved them and cared for them. And because they loved and cared for their kids, their kids finally came around to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Finally came around. Why? Because they had perseverance. God, it's not over till they take their last breath. You can still work on them. It happens to our older generation. We just can't see what God has for us right now. Why? I don't know. But we seem to fail to see the good things. Back to your dad, Jim. He said, Ken, I may not be able to walk like I used to walk, but my God is still real. <laughs> You know what that does to a pastor when he's sitting at, 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 at the bedside of someone who can't get out, who may never be able to go home again, may never walk properly again, may have to have constant care the rest of his breath, living days? It blesses your heart. It blesses your heart because they still say, hey, don't give up. God is still on the throne. He's still there working. And really this morning, all I want to get across to you is this. Will you run with me this morning the race he's laid out for us? Will you take it on as a personal challenge? I won't give up because God doesn't give up. I will be with him always. I'm standing here and calling you out to encourage you. I don't want to put any guilt on you. I'm not God. I don't judge people. I, I learned a long time ago as a pastor does no good because it doesn't matter what I think. It's what God thinks about that person. 
It's what God thinks about them. And as we grow to become more like Jesus, guess what? Our behavior grows more distinctive, doesn't it? That's the reason it's, it's kind of neat to get white hair and, and, and uh, turn 71 de- degrees, I started to say. Age old, 71 degrees. <laughs> I needed some heat yesterday. It was cold out there working what I was doing. But to think that God is not done with you or me yet, that ought to bring shouting ground to us. He's not done with us yet. He's not done, church. He's just starting. He's just beginning to open our eyes and show us. You know, the word pursue is used a lot in the Bible. Pursue, pursue. You know what? You take the Greek language here, it means chase after it. Chase after it. Who are you chasing after this morning? Who are you shooting for? Who are you running for? See, when you pursue him, you have God's presence following the ways of Jesus. And living so others will do what? See Jesus. Not see you. Not see how intelligent you are. I had one of my friends this week stopped in the office when I was here and they said we understand you're preaching but we're not going to come Sunday (laughs) okay you were my friend (laughs) now I've X'd you off my email address thing no I didn't say that I said oh why he said well I'm going to go out and enjoy mother nature I said hang around here I can find some mother nature's here You have to drive very far. I can do it. Just give me a moment. But see, when we're living so others will see Jesus, it's not important about all this other stuff we get concerned about and worried about. Young and old alike. Now I'm talking across generations now. Young and old alike need to look at Isaiah 40, verse 31, because in that one verse, he gives us hope. When we perceive God working in us, there is hope. There is hope. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? It didn't say if the church was against us or for us. If God's for you, who cares what anybody else thinks right now? I don't mean go out there and throw a pie all over somebody's car. Or look at them and tell them they're ugly. That's not it. We just get our eyes on the wrong stuff sometimes. We get them all blown to pieces. In other words, what I'm saying to the generations now, don't burn out, burn up. Be on fire for God. Doesn't cost any more to be on fire for Him than it does to sit in a chair And moan and groan, oh, Lord, they just don't know I exist. God knows it. God knows it. And he'll take take care of you. Believe me, I can testify to that. I love this saying that I read this morning. Jesus must be our vision always. Knowing God gives meaning to your life. Obeying God gives purpose to your life. And the guy said at the end of it, this is to my old gray-haired friends. What purpose has God given to your life? What purpose has He given 
Another scripture that I love, Psalm 118.6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. See, there's a generation that needs to see your old gray hair and mine. They need to see it. They need to hear it from your voice, what God is doing in your life. You know, I grew up in an era in the church where they had what they called spontaneous testimonies. You know what that is? Stand up, testify, and sit down. Amen. I like that. Popcorn testimonies. There you go. And it was always encouraged. People need to hear what God did in your life this week. Now, maybe you don't do that in the church service here, but you know what? You've got donut time out there, brownie time out there, coffee time out there, bread time out there, whatever the time's out there. Tell people out there while you're chewing. Just don't spit it in their face. Swallow it first. Tell them what God has done in your life, what he's doing in your life, what you are learning from him. You'll be surprised the number of little ears that are close by that maybe you didn't speak to them directly, but they heard every word you said. People need to know what God is doing in your life. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18, Therefore we do not lose heart. Generation old people, along with me, don't lose heart. God's not done with us yet. Though outwardly, now here we go, outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix, so we fix, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Yes. We need to think about those things. That's the reason if you haven't tried one of our altar times, you ought to do it. They're a blessing. To have five people, ten people, whatever it might show up. Just praying out and speaking the word from the scripture. What a blessing. But see, we get so... Stop our ears from hearing what God wants us to hear because sometimes he says, I need to take you to the woodshed and talk to you a little bit. I, I, I need to get a hold of you. You know, you're not as exciting and thrilling and you're not reading my word as much. Is there anything I can do to change your mind? Yeah. He wants to do that. That's how much he loves us. Jesus' whole life was marked by the presence of the Holy Spirit. By his presence. Jesus' whole life was the manifestation of his Father. What about our lives? Who do we lift up? Who fills us and keeps us going? The preacher? Don't count on it. Don't count on it. If you expect a pastor to get you to heaven by you coming to church once or twice a week, it isn't going to work. You know why? Because the enemy's out there six days a week beating the snot out of you. And God says, if you just come to me, come to me, help, I'll help you. We need to hear from God and what he's saying this morning. We have a task to be mentors to the very end. We have a task of growing up in Christ to the very end until he calls us home. That's all there is to it. 
We do not have the privilege of saying, okay, I've reached 71, I'm retired officially, I'm sitting down and somebody else can do it now. I don't think so. God says, generation, don't grow bitter. <laughs> don't grow grumpy. Don't grow critical. Instead, burn with a deep passion for my son, Jesus Christ. It'll take care of all that other stuff. It'll take care of it. I love what the 18th verse of this scripture I read to you. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation. We have a responsibility if to do nothing else. We have a responsibility to the next generation coming up. If you think it's bad now, wait for those coming up that have never heard about Jesus, never experienced his grace and love in their life, never grew up in him. Think what it's going to be then. So we have that responsibility to get out there and share the word of God. Amen. There is none like God. Amen? Amen. None. Psalm 73, 26. It's coming to a close here real quick. And I mean it. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forevermore. So many of my generation, our generations, continue to live off old memories, continue to just say, Lord, just bless me like you did in the past. And he, he's, what he's saying is, I want to bless you now right where you're at. Forget the past. Forget the past. Right now where you're at. Will you let me bless you? Do we hunger for Jesus? Do we hunger for his presence? Do we hunger for his power? Do we hunger for his kingdom to be manifested in our lives somehow, some way, every day? That is an important thing to look at. When we all press in, all of us, when we all press in, all come together as one big happy family. Hmm. And we're all going after Jesus. Guess what's going to happen? That old man in you, that old woman in you, that middle age, whatever age it is, in you will be so revived and so exciting, so thrilling. You can't wait to get out there and tell somebody about it. You can't wait to tell somebody in a hospital. Yeah, I know, God's been so good to me. You can't wait to tell somebody at work, hey, God is good. God is good all the time, amen? amen. That's right, he is. Sometimes we don't act like it, but he is. Because why? He's a good coach. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we need. We may need a break from something. And God will let you know that. He'll let you know that. He'll say, no, no. Somebody else can do that right now. You need to rest. But you'll never hear that, never hear that if you never listen to him. If you don't spend time with him. And I don't mean now I lay me down to sleep, I'm gone. I mean, oh Lord, I read this verse over and over again. What are you trying to say to me? What is in this for me? Not the church. Not somebody I'm going to call on today. But Lord, 
What's in it for me? And I'll tell you, when God shows you that, you get so excited, you can't help to find the first person. You can tell them, hey, today, today I learned something new. And it might be exactly what that person needs. You never know, do you? You never know. The supreme need in every life sitting in this sanctuary this morning is a clear vision of God's encounters with you. Not with other people, but with you. Is God encountering you? Are you encountering Him? So, my last words of encouragement. You say, that didn't sound too encouraging to me. You told us old folks in here that we were up a, up a creek without a paddle. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, 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 no. In fact, I was going to, well, I, I'm going to do this anyway. Our littlest grandson, Nana back here, she's, you know, She's told him no, you know, but how many 16 months olds are going to listen to no? I got some teenagers that will never listen to no. And so she, she says, no, no, no. That's what Nana says. So one day I come home, and, and she tells me about it, and he was doing something. I said, what does Nana say? Little big smile on his little face. He goes, no, 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 just waving his fingers. No, no, no. You know what? God is saying, no, 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 no. That's not the way I want you to go. My last words of encouragement. <laughs> Pursue God's presence this week, please. I can't make you do it, but I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Pursue. Go after his presence this week. Follow the way of the cross. What is he telling you? Live to bring glory to him and to others. Be Christ-centered. Be spirit-filled. That'll make encounterment such a blessing. That'll make a memory that you'll never forget. You'll just get excited every time you think about it. Foster an environment where you can reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Everybody has a potential in Him. And if we can reach that full potential together, guess what? We could conquer Santa Maria. We could do it. But... It's not just in the church. It's people who are just ice-caked Christians. They're not what God wants them to be. Nice and sweet on the outside, but they're struggling on the inside. So they have a hard time reaching their potential. Demonstrate and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to somebody. Just do it. All they can do is turn around and walk off. I've had that happen before. And last but not least, do not, no, excuse me, to be filled with the Spirit does not mean to receive more of God. Uh-oh, I'm on dangerous ground, aren't I? But to empty yourself so that God can have more room for in your life. That's what it's all about. Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Is there room in your mind, your thinking for Him? Is there room that he can work on you, mold you, and shape you, and help you. Yeah. If you'd like to pray this morning for God's direction. I know there's people sitting here saying, ah, I know I should have stayed home. I just know it. Well, you're laughing. Maybe you were some of them thinking that way. I'm just kidding. 
if you'd like to pray for God's direction as for what you should be doing, the altar is open. The altar is open. If you want to pray to receive a fresh outpouring of His Holy Spirit, guess what? The altar is open. It's open. It's always open, but it's open for you. If you need God to come alongside you in a special way because your life has taken a sudden turn or a certain jerk somewhere else, an unexpected turn, the altar is open. If you want to pray for God's direction, the mission he has for you, the altar is open. The altar is open. If you want Jesus to help you become a growing believer and being used by him, the altar is open. If you don't know one thing I've talked about today, the altar is open. It's open. It's open. And so this morning, in just a moment, I'm going to ask our prayer people to come up. These are people who will help you, whatever your need is. And prayer people, you just come right on up. Just find a spot here somewhere. Come right on up. It says, my prayer and my faith will make a difference. I pray expecting an answer. I pray expecting an answer. I pray expecting an answer. When you pray, do you expect God to answer? Do you believe that he will? That he will help you? Would you stand with me? As I said, the altar is open. I, I gave you a lot of things you can come talk about. And they're just here to support you and help you. They're not going to solve your problems. They're not going to tell you you're wrong and all that stuff. But they will pray with you. They will love on you. They will care for you. I know that. So, Father, I pray as we're just waiting right now for a moment. We don't know all the needs that are here, but we do know this. When this many people get together, there are needs. And, Father, I pray that you would come and help them just to take that first step. Boy, you take that first step, the Holy Spirit runs right after them, and he'll, he'll help them get all the way down to the floor. So, Father, I pray, open our hearts, help us.